Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited to be here this morning. I have a wonderful privilege to minister. Continue with our series, which I'm enjoying. I hope you are as well. Um, if you're not, just don't say anything. It's all good. So if I could just have you stand with me one more time. You come to this church, you're going to get some exercise here. If you don't do it at home, you will do it here. Amen. So I'm going to be reading out of Genesis 42, uh, starting in verse 6. So let's, let's get started. It says, now Joseph was governor of the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted like as as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land, just naked. And they said to him, no, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We're all one man's son. We are honest men. And and your servants are not spies. But he said to them, no, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, your servants are 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today. And one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is as I spoke to you, saying, you are spies. In this manner, you should be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you should not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother, and you shall be kept in prison, that your words, that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you or else. By the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in a prison three days. Then Joseph said to them the third day, do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be, um, be confined to your prison house. But you go and carry grain to the famine of your houses and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear, therefore this distress has come upon us. And Reuben said, I told y'all, I told y'all not to to, uh, throw him in the pit, I told y'all, see, now we all gonna die. 
He didn't really say that, but he, he said this. He said, did I not speak to you saying, do not sin against this boy? And you will not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. And he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them again and talked with them and took Simon from them and bound him before their eyes. Let's pray. We're going to trust God in all seasons. In all seasons. In all seasons. Even when it doesn't look like what he said. Even when it doesn't look like what he promised. Even when all hell broke, breaks loose around us, we will trust him in all seasons. Father, have your way in this place, Lord God. I thank you for this word today, Lord God. I thank you for all that you're doing in this church and in individuals that are here today. You have a plan and you're going to reveal your plan to them, Lord God. Comfort, Lord God, Noray family, Lord God, as, as they lost, lost John, Lord God. We just lift them up. You comfort them, Lord God. We are, we are here interceding for them, Lord. So, Father, thank you for this opportunity to minister, Lord God. Thank you for choosing a guy like me to bring your word this morning, Lord God. I'm in awe of your presence, God. Think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords today, Lord God. Let it be you and not me. Father, we don't want regular church. We want to see you move this morning. In Jesus' name, have your way. Come on, somebody give him a shout in this place. Yes, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. So I am actually enjoying this series. I love talking about Joseph. He's one of uh, uh, my favorite um, person in the, um, in the Bible. So I'm, I'm really enjoying um, talking about his life. And I'm actually learning, um, you know, his, his life as well. So we, we know Joseph's life is powerful. God used him in such a, a mighty way. Um, so we, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, that Joseph is a type of Christ. He is a type of Christ. I think that's extremely powerful, the type of Christ. When we mention someone is a type of Christ, we're talking about a person in the Old Testament behaves in a way that it corresponds with the actions and character of Jesus in the New Testament. So he, he is a type, he is a type of Christ. Right, so there are some similarities, right, with Joseph's life into the life of Jesus. There's a, there's a kind of a connection here. So for, for one, how, um, you know, Joseph, uh, when he received the dreams, and Jacob, right, uh, he was rejected by his brothers. And when Jesus went back to his hometown, he was rejected by his hometown, right? So there's, there's a connection there, amen. And so they both were sold for, uh, for pieces of silver, right? But what I love about, right, the most about Joseph is that his actions and behavior, right, uh, uh, looked like Christ, right? So his actions, his character, right, he had the character of Christ. It's, it's what I love the most about Joseph. 
So are there similarities in our life that, that points to Jesus? I mean, because that's what God, God wants from us. He created us in his own image. So God is like an artist. So as we live our life every day, once we, he, we connect our life with him, we allow him to, to lead us, right? He's like an artist. He's just painting that image that he created. Everything that you do, God is like, he's the best artist ever. Amen. So, the, so every trial that you go through right now, it's, he's painting a picture to look more like him. Because when you're done with that trial, when you're done, he is going to get the glory. You can be able to see himself after he get, he get done with that picture. So if you're going through a tough time right now, but you are still God, praise him right now because at the end of it, you're going to look more like Christ. I just wanted to preach a little bit on, on that one just to kind of get us, get us going. Amen? If we actually celebrate Joseph going from the pit in the palace, if we only see that, then we missing the entire story. It's more. We're missing the entire message. There's so much more to this story, to the life of Joseph. There's so much more. I mean, it's just how God ordained every pit stop to build Joseph's character. Every pit stop was designed to build his character so he can look more like Christ. Amen? I mean, so God really used Joseph in a mighty way. So think about this for a second, right? Think about this for a second. What it was said about Joseph uh, periodically in the Bible, it says that. The Lord was with him. And so everywhere he went, every place that where God led him, it was blessed. Everything he did was blessed. I don't know, as I mature, as I continue to mature as a believer, I want to be used like Joseph. I want people to say that about me. The Lord was with him. And everything that I touch, I want, to, I want to be blessed. And every place that I go to, I want to, I want to leave it blessed. I want to leave it blessed. You with me so far? Amen. So we're going to continue to work on the, this, this mic issue, right? So, what are we doing? We good? Amen. So, so much more to this. So, even, so everything Joseph went through, I mean, you can imagine, like, we don't know the full story of Joseph's life, right? We don't know um, what he went through in his private time with the Lord. I wish I was privy to his conversations with the Lord. I wish I was privy to his prayers to, to God. I mean, I'm sure he had some discouraging days, right? I mean, think about it, right? He received a dream 
right? A couple of dreams, right? And then he, he received a, a, a favor from, from God, from his father. Then all of a sudden, he gets taken away from his home at 17. So, I mean, I'm sure, right, there were some discouraging days that Joseph had that's not talked about. I wish I was privy to those that he had with God. But the one thing we can learn from Joseph, the reason why we, um, we have this series of trusting God in all seasons is his trust in God. It's the one thing we can take away from how much he trusted God. He really lived the scripture, the Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, right? Where it says, lean not on your own understanding. And, and, and acknowledge him in all of, all of your, his, your ways, right? Acknowledge him in all of his, then he will direct your path. Lean not on your own understanding and acknowledge him in all of your ways. And he will direct your path. So last week we talked about, right, what does trusting in God look like? It means, it, it looks like choosing Leaning and clinging. Choosing, leaning, and clinging. So you have to make a choice to trust God. Make a choice to kind of step over the line and give up what you normally do on your own, right? And, 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 and totally rely on Christ. Be totally dependent on him. Then lean on his understanding and character. Right? And then you cling to him as he directs your path. It's powerful that we need, if we cling to God, he will direct our, our paths. Are you with me? So I have this nice picture of clinging. I want us to paint a picture of what it's like for us to cling to God. If you can, if we can show that. So look at, look at that picture. It's no matter what we go through, we need to cling to him. It's kind of a picture if you think about when, when uh, Peter got off the boat and started walking towards Jesus on the water. Then he started to fall and Jesus picked him up, right? So no matter, he was just holding on to Jesus. It's a picture, just hold on to him no matter what season it is. If you fall, if things start going bad, he will be there to lift you up. You need to cling to him. It's a perfect picture of us clinging to God, clinging to God. Oh, is that powerful? It's clinging. So trust is a lovely, holy stubbornness and clinging to God's goodness and sovereignty, no matter how we feel. No matter how we feel, clinging to his goodness and his sovereignty, right? Every day, no matter what, we're just clinging to him. In Joshua 23, it says, but you shall cling to the Lord your God just as you have done to this day. So we have to realize everything in this life right, can be and will be shaken. So clinging 
to, uh, clinging to other, anything other than God will be dangerous. <laughs> because sooner or later, if it's not of God, it's going to be shaken. It will be shaken. And then you have to hold on to something. You have to hold on to something. I don't know about you, no matter what I go through, I'm clinging to the Lord. I may not understand everything. I may not understand what I'm going through, what God is doing. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I start praying to the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? But no matter what, I'm clinging to him. Joseph must have clung to God, right? I mean, so no matter what, we are to cling to God. And, what, and we have to remind ourselves, when things start going bad, we have to remind ourselves what is true. What is true? What is true? What is true about God? Once we have made the choice to trust God, we need to keep on trusting him. The way we can build our trust is to remind ourselves over and over and over trustworthy truths about God. God is good. He will never leave me. He loves me. He is in control. He never makes mistakes. He can be trusted. Or oh, I say it again, God is good. Right? He will never leave me. Ever leave me. Right? He loves me. He is in control. He never makes mistakes. He can be trusted. Can you say it with me if you believe it? God is good. Oh, yeah, he's good. He will never leave me. He loves me. He is in control. He never makes mistakes. He can be trusted. Oh, God can be trusted. Can you just trust him with your life? Not just certain parts of your life. Can you just trust them with everything? Can you trust them with your heart? All God needed your heart. He don't need the other stuff. <laughs> he just needs your heart. If he has your heart, he has everything. Think about it. When you trust God with your heart, you get a better one in return. You get a better one in return. Just trust him with your heart. Don't try to figure out everything. Just trust him. As I mentioned the last couple of weeks, trusting in God is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision to obey. It's a decision to obey. Just obey him because of the list that we just read. <laughs> he is good. He will never leave me. He loves me. He is in control. He never makes mistakes. He can be trusted. This is why I'm going to obey him. Oh, come on. Come on. The continual process of trusting God is reminding ourselves his faithfulness in the past. Remember the days, the time that you clung to God? Remember those times? Remember those times. 
if he did it then, he would do it again. He ain't, he's not, he, he doesn't make mistakes. He will never leave us. He is good. He can't stop being good. Right? And he will direct your path. Your paths. Not just one. So there were many paths Joseph had to go down that led him to many places. But he was always on the right road. He was always on the right road. Your path doesn't always look like your dream. But so think about it. Joseph received dreams. It's like he was great, feeling good about himself. Then he was on an unfamiliar path. So God would direct your path, but it doesn't always look like your dream. Expect these three things from God. Expect these three, three things. Dreams, delays, and distractions. Dreams, delays, and distractions. So dreams are ordained by God, given to us, right, so it can reveal his character, right? Delays are the paths ordained by, by God to build your character. The distractions are the people, places, and things God uses to build your character. So expect those three things, right? Dreams, delays, and distractions, right? It builds, it builds character. How does God build our, our character? Well, he builds it off, right? He builds it off a damaged foundations. Think about Joseph, his, his family, his home, dysfunctional home, right? It was the place, that was the place that where, where he was, where he resided. It was a dysfunctional family, right? But God called him to lead. He gave him the dream to lead his family. And then he was thrown in a pit. It was a place that God led him to, to a pit. But the pit was a path to brokenness. The pit was a path to brokenness, right? God's, God often has to break us in order to use us. He breaks us to be, so we can be usable, right? Joseph was in the pit by himself. No one was there, right? He received this dream, this awesome call in his life, awesome. Now he's in the pit. It was a path to brokenness. God had to break him in order to, to use him. It didn't, it didn't start at Potiphar's house. It didn't start in this text that we're reading now. It started in the pit. It started in the pit. If it ain't broke, God can't use it. So if you ain't broke, God can't use it. <laughs> and then another place he went to, it was Potiphar's house, right? So this was a path of integrity. It's a path of integrity, right? He was doing really well, right? So the uh, Potiphar saw greatness in him. He saw, he saw Christ in him. He said God was with him and he promoted him. He, was, he promoted him like he was a second in Joseph, a second in charge. Everything was just going well. All of a sudden, his wife came, was giving the, her, him this googly eye and all that, just looking at him every day. She was just looking at him 
you know, just like, he must have said, what's wrong with your eyes? You know, we got, you got ner nerve damage or something? What's, what's, what's wrong with your eyes? You got allergies or something? What's, what's wrong with your eyes? He's like, oh, you probably got that COVID. You got that COVID. That's, that's what you have right now. Girl, you need to wear your mask. But this was a path of integrity. He obeyed God when no one was looking. Right? So we have to get to a place where we obey God when no one is looking. That is integrity. When you trust him in all seasons. Right? When you serve him well when no one else sees it. Come on. So this was Joseph's choice to be here at Potiphar's house. It was not choice. But God used him. He used him so, so well. Right? Served well. He served God well in the condition that he was in. Then he was, then God elevated him. Isn't that awesome? Everything that he touched, prosper. Wow, that's incredible. He became the best employee in Potiphar's house. I mentioned last week, challenged us, are you the best employee at your job? As a child of God, who called, who's called by his name, are you the best employee at your job? Do they see Christ in you? Christ-like behavior in you? Oh, it's not a popular thing to talk about. How dare we talk about sin in church? <laughs> so, a, so I want to talk about a path Joseph had to, to go through in order to handle this moment in this text. The path that he had to go down to get to this point of his life, this text that we're reading, he had to go down the path of humility. The path of humility is the road God wants us to walk. So think about it. Now Joseph is the governor of the land. Everything that he's going through. Everything that he's going through, now he is the, everything he went through, now he is the governor of the land. But he had to face a much bigger, more than anything else he went through, he had to face a much bigger task. His father Jacob sends his brother to his land to get food so they won't die. Right? So now Joseph, Joseph is faced with his path face with his past, right? So what is he going to do? He's now face to face with his past. I mean, these are the brothers that threw him in a pit, beat him up and threw him in a pit. So now he's face to face with them. What is he going to do? He is now in charge. He's in a position of power, right? Everything's coming full circle. Now he's reminded of the dream that God gave him, that his brothers will bow down before him and now they are bowing before him and now what is he going to do he's now faced his past I'm sure he had thoughts everything that they did to him what is he going to do what is he going to do I would ask you what are you what would you do if you had to face your past what are you going to do if you had to face your past 
I know it's a human thing to avoid things like. But the things that we hold on to will be confronted when we are face to face with our past. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What is, what is Joseph going to do right now? So you either have to embrace who you are or who you were, but you can't do both. When you come face to face with your past, which one is going to rise up? Because we give too much credit to who we were and not enough credit to who we are. Give too much power to the past and not enough power to who we are. Like you got to embrace one of them because you can't do both. So here's Joseph. He is face with face to face with his past. Which one is going to rise up? I mean, think about it for a second, right? He is in a position of power. He starts remembering the dreams that he had. So he could have been like, man, I told y'all I was going to be over. Y'all are going to come and bow down to me. That's right. Bow down. Bow. Kneel before Zod. Come on. Bow down. Bow down to me. That's right. I told you that would happen. Right? Y'all took my coat. I got another one. How this? How you like me now? How you like this coat? I ain't like the other one anyway. It was corny. It was ugly. Now, yeah, see, I run all this thing, all this. What you need? What you need? What you need? Need some food? Nope. <laughs> die. That's what you did. You left me to die. You die. I mean, he could have, that could have been his approach, right? That could have been his approach. I mean, and the thing about it, I don't, just reading this, I was just like, this is, it's actually powerful. It's like, so Joseph recognized them, but they didn't recognize him. It's not the first time they didn't recognize Joseph. They didn't recognize when he first told them about the dreams. <laughs> so here he is. He's face to face with his past. So then Joseph, he called them spies. He said, y'all spies. Because he remembered all that they did, right? So thinking that they were coming, right, to just spy out, you know, uh, throw them in a pit, find another pit to throw them in again or whatever. So he's, he's thinking about all of that. So what, did, so what did Joseph do? Well, he walked in humility. So this wasn't the first time he walked in humility. He didn't just get to this place and then what made him humble. It was all the trials that he'd been through before. All the times that God broke him, led him up to this point. See, Joseph pretended, pretended to think that um, he believed that they were spies. Because he was concerned about them being repentant for all the things that they did, for him throwing him in a pit. So he was more concerned about their repentance to God for everything that they did. He was not trying to cause harm to them in any way, right? He was just concerned about their lives, right? He was pleading with them 
He said, do this and live. Do this and live. I f God. He was talking about repenting, right? Because he remembered the dream that God gave him. He remembered that God called him to restore his family. But repentance comes before Repentance comes before restoration, right? God's entire plan was to restore him and his family together, but repentance comes before restoration. Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and do what? Turn from their wicked ways, which means repenting. When you repent, you need to turn from your wicked ways. And then I will hear from heavens and give and forgive their sin and heal your land. Restoration. Repentance comes before restoration. He was more about their restoration more than anything else. So he repent so take time he says go so he threw he threw them in, in prison only so they can think about what they did and repent and repent to God don't be a spy like are you really repentant do you really have forgiveness in your heart oh. see both Saul and David disobeyed God only one of them got restored, and it was David. See, Saul was repentant after the Lord gave him instructions to go kill everybody, right? Leave no, nothing left. So Saul, do he kidnapped a king and got had some animals or whatever, and then and Samuel confronted him, and he was just all, you know, he was basically saying like the, the you know, I'm paraphrasing, like, you know, I was concerned about the people, what the people say. Well, all the people say. He, wasn't, he was more concerned about what others say but not concerned about what God told him to do. He never repented. But if you read Psalms 51 after David, you know, with woman, a little woman, right? Right? It was very repentant. Right? You read, if you read Psalms 51. So, then David was restored. Repentance comes before restoration. So when it comes in trusting God, it is not about being loud and proud. In fact, it's actually the opposite. It's being humble and meek. And this is the correct path to healthy trust in God. Anytime we are concerned about what God thinks about our decisions and choices, we are we are on the, that humble path which yields a greater trust in God. Ah. See, humility must be found in the things we do, is what we say. All day, we are humble. But I can't tell you that I'm humble. I'm not qualified to tell you that I'm humble. I, I can say that I want to humble myself before the Lord, but I'm not qualified to tell you that I'm humble because usually pride always thinks it's humble. That's why it's called false humility. Right? So I can't, I can't say that I'm humble 
just the fact that with the, the phrase of, of walking in humility tells us that there are areas in our lives that needs to be humble. That's why we're required to walk in humility. Right? So that way we can defeat or overcome any pride in our lives. Right? That's why the Bible instructs us to die daily. Why? What, what has to be killed was the flesh. The, f the flesh is what? Prideful. Everything about our flesh is prideful. So we must die daily. So we need to walk humility as we humble ourselves before the Lord and repent. That is a form of humility. And then we get up and we walk in humility. We continue that. Being knowing that we are in God's presence, not just at home. It's everywhere we go. We need to be in God's presence everywhere we go. The Bible said about Joseph, God with him. You don't, don't leave God at home. Bring him with you. He needs to be in you. Amen? So a form, so, so humility is not just the things we, we do. It's, it's, humility is, must be found in things we do and not just what, what we say. Here's Joseph. You know, if you read the previous chapters, he interpreted dreams for others while waiting for his to come to pass. Serving God even when he don't see his dream coming to pass. Still serving God well, right? So here he is interpreting dreams for others, right? Dreams for others while waiting for his to come to pass. It's a form of humility because you know what he did? He left his dream with God. He submitted his dream to the Lord. But he kept serving him. He kept serving him. He didn't stop. He persevered through every trial. He kept serving God. He left his dream with God. We have to learn to leave our dream with God because he is in control. It can't just be words. It has to be actions. We know he's good. We know he's in control. We need to leave him our dream and let him direct our paths. He knows what he's doing. We may have to go down a hard road, right? Don't avoid it. Because if he, don't avoid the hard road because that's the thing that's going to build character. Because whatever God breaks, it comes out better. So if God have to break you, you will come out better. So he left his dream with God. See, the path of humility is a path of self-discovery. It's about to be, being aware of little things that threatens our relationship with God. It's being aware. What, what's threatening my relationship with God? We need to humble ourselves and correct those things, right? It, it involves a desire to be like Christ, leaving behind the burden of pride and free to carry 
the burden of our cross. So I'm going to wrap it up with this. To be truly humble, we must be totally dependent on God. So in Proverbs 3, 7 verses 8 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. We can stop right there if we wanted to. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It, so if we do all these things, it says in verse 8, it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. I want to be a healthy Christian. I want to be a healthy believer. Amen? So, I, so what it's telling me that I should not be wise in my own eyes and I need to have a reverence for God. That's what's missing in the church. I am telling you that as a church, we just don't revere God enough. There's no reverence in the, in the church. Amen. We get too familiar. If we get too familiar with God, we get too familiar with people. Amen. It needs to be more of a reverence for God. We need to fear the Lord, not be afraid of him, but just be in awe of his presence. See, but you have, to have, you have to have a desire to be in his presence. If you don't have a desire to be in God's presence, right, you won't revere God. You won't fear God. But once you have a desire to be in his presence, you're like, you're looking to say, oh, my goodness, let me usher in the presence of God. Like, it matters how I treat you. Because if God reveals you, <laughs> I should. In the health, you know what I mean, right? As a child of God. He said, don't be wise in your own eyes. Means that there is a disconnect in having a teachable attitude. Yeah. I didn't want to say it. That was a tough one. Being wise in your own eyes means that there is a disconnect from having a teachable attitude. God wants to show us so much more, so much more. If I don't care if you've been serving God for 50 years, 20 years, 10 years, 5 years. He wants to show you a lot more. Remain teachable. Remain teachable. Don't trust what you see. Meaning that sometimes our past, right, can, can be a detriment of how we serve God. Sometimes we, even our upbringing, right, we were taught things a certain way. Doesn't mean it was the right way. My family, we were taught to be silent. Don't talk about things. Keep everything a secret. Right? Keep everything a secret. But no, 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 no. God wants us to bring it into the light, to talk about things, right? So it also reveals that, that you are leaning on your feelings rather than 
your, what your faith expects you from you. I, I'm going to repeat that. It also reveals that you are leaning on your feelings rather than what your faith expects of you. It speaks to a lack of confidence in God. Mm. So don't be wise in your own eyes. Right? Ask God to show you what he wants to show you. Ask God, God, show me me. Show me what, how you see me. <laughs> right? Trust is leaning on God and not on ourselves. And it says to turn from wicked ways, turn from evil, right? So we need to resist the devil. Watch out for decisions that we make. Check in with God, right? God wants us to avoid certain path that he has not ordained. I mean, I think that's part of our problem, right? We can't go down the path that God wants us to go down because we're going down other paths that he has not ordained. So be careful of evil, right? So this is it. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm done. Humility. So Joseph walked in humility. So all, everything that he'd been through, everything that he'd been through, led him up to this point where he were, was able to receive his brothers with humility. Right? And we're going to talk about another path he had to go through next week in, in order to Give God the glory. So humility. So Joseph, as we talked about, was Christ-like. Right? He was a type of Christ. So think about this for a second. As Joseph walked in humility, every place he went to, every person that he encountered got humbled. And even if you think about the picture of his brother bowing, his brothers bowing before his presence, it was a picture of our Lord and Savior that he says, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to God. So could God be teaching us through the life of Joseph what humility looks like. What humility looks like. So it wasn't about his brothers, it wasn't about his brothers bowing to him per se. It was about bowing before the presence of God. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.